Recorded on March 21st, 2022. <laughs> Welcome to the Push Ad Podcast, the podcast that's all about pushing the political conversation ahead, not pushing back. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Shelby. And I'm Pamela. And we're different generations, which is why I heard anticipation as opposed to i'm not going to sing rocky horror (laughs) i can't sing no one wants me to sing i have all these microphones and no desire to sing i don't know that i can sing either but y'all just listen to us that's it i'm done (laughs) anyway so normally i change this line and we're here to talk about things to whatever we're going to talk about to help you narrow it down but there are so buckle up buttercup yeah there are so many things i think it's going to be easier to talk about what we're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about climate change. <laughs> we're not going to talk about the European Union. A little bit. Okay. I'm, right. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, there is so much to talk about. Like, Putin has an arrest warrant. Everyone, it's like, everyone wants to arrest Putin. So if he leaves Russia now, which he apparently did to go visit occupied territory in Ukraine, and this week he's meeting with the head of China about I don't know, more support. So he could be arrested if he sets foot at an actual. Yeah, in a free country. So like Ireland has come out and said and several other countries have abided by the Hague court's ruling that they put out an arrest warrant for them. War crimes in Ukraine. Oh, did you see the video of that? Of uh, There's actually a video. They made a documentary of one of the war crimes. It's rough. You don't see the shooting in the video, the clip, or at least not that I saw, but it's a clip of a woman and her husband was just shot in a car and a drone, a Ukrainian drone, is shows a sign that says, follow me and leads her out to where she can get safe because she, nobody else would come help her. The man actually survived, although the war crimes is because they got clips of his phone call to his wife at home where he's, this is a Russian saying, I killed a guy today, a civilian, basically says the whole thing. And then, but the guy did end up surviving. Yeah, no, it's just, there's all kinds. When you have rockets that land in hundred meter ranges instead of pinpoint accuracy, there's fallout. And so they just aim for population centers and hope that they hit something of strategic value. Right. Why can't we just give him a war crime for starting this that's just that's an invasion. It's a war. But war crimes is outlined. I'm sure Jamie can. Oh, yeah, I know. Are yeah. Pretty clear. And he started it. It's a war. War crime. crimes are such because not enforcing war crimes puts all soldiers at, at risk. risk. Yeah. Yeah. So like the problem is if you mistreat my civilians, I'm not going to protect your civilians. If you mistreat my soldiers, I'm going to mistreat your soldiers. Which is why closer to home last summer. We were up in arms about the mayor of Palm Bay giving a flag to a convicted war criminal. Okay. Okay. So while we're talking elephants, I do want to bring up the biggest elephant in the room. The president, as everyone knows. Former. No, Biden had to issue his first veto. (laughs) That was a tease. It was. Oh. That's the bluest elephant. Yeah, that's the bluest elephant. Yeah. Yeah. It was caused by. That's the biggest donkey. (laughs) It it was caused because Biden had to veto something put forth by Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, basically, you can't factor in climate change with future. 
Yeah, she was essentially trying to say that hedge fund managers and retirement plan managers couldn't take into account climate climate change considerations when evaluating stock futures. And Which is insane. Even if okay, go on. Yeah. So, like for example, investing in a beachfront resort under Marjorie Taylor Greene's proposed laws, good idea. Whereas us probably wouldn't want to retire on that. Not just that, but they're saying even if this company is the is using the best, if this if what they're if this investment is the best investment for your money, yeah. they are not allowed to take that into consideration. They're not allowed to do business with the companies that do take those things into consideration. At least in Florida, so they're putting your. As Joe Biden says, they're putting your retirement at risk. All right. Now, he also, I will say, he did put three new parsage of land and sea in, into federal protection today. Extended a whole range yeah. of land. Oh, yes. Like Texas and Texas. And there are two Nevada. There. Nevada. Yeah, and then a large states. swath of the Pacific Ocean on the coast. So like two thirds, it's smaller than Rhode Island. So smaller than Duval County, but still. Something. But a crazy amount of land in the United States is currently under federal control. So I think it's like significant percentages of some states. Yeah. So this is so he has a great deal of amount of power over land, but it's a shame that land can't vote. Only people. Yep. Even though it's set up that land has a bigger vote than people should be able to care about. All right. And now. (laughs) uh, Yeah. So Trump was the one who came out. He's the one we thought was going to be the biggest elephant because he's the biggest ass. But of course he lied again. We really wanted this one to be true. Why did we trust him when he said, I'm going to be arrested on Tuesday? He hasn't said a a single truthful thing ever. And so for us to go, yeah, he's going to get arrested on Tuesday. I feel like I I fell for it. I didn't fall for it at all. I felt, like, yeah, we'll see. I, I felt hopeful. I was hoping, and now I'm disappointed because we're recording on Tuesday, and he's not okay. So, talk about the indictment, though. Yeah, because there are so many things for which he could be indicted. As we right. all know, he is not. This is not for classified documents. This is not it's not for, for interfering with the election in Georgia. This is yeah. This isn't for that perfect phone call. This isn't for inciting January sixth. This isn't for the rape. Yeah, rape. This isn't the those civil courses or, or civil cases around rape. This isn't around that civil case out of New York about mishandling charitable funds. That's not until October. So there's so many things that this isn't about. This is about a porn star getting a campaign fund payout and Trump saying, I I thought it was my personal funds, so I paid her hush money. And so it was campaign payment to Michael Cohen. Is it Michael Cohen? Yeah. Yeah. So to Michael Cohen. And so he took that money and then delivered it to Stormy Daniels. And so the question is going to be, was that essentially a campaign payout that was mismanaged? And normally campaign finance violations are misdemeanors, which I mean, which Trump probably is guilty of the misdemeanors. But most people plead out of misdemeanors. They plead guilty and then they pay their fine and they pay the court fees. New York is combining them in an interesting way where it's elevating to a felony. In New York, falsifying business records cut him out to a crime, albeit a misdemeanor. To elevate the crime to a felony charge, Mr. Bragg's prosecutors must show that Mr. Trump's intent to defraud included an intent to commit or conceal a second crime. There you go. Okay, so they're going to have to argue it on that logic. second crime is a violation of New York state election law. The first crime is 
right. falsifying business records. That's why it's not election campaign. It's not campaign finance. It's falsifying business records. Sure. Okay. okay. Go on. Yeah. I mean, fix all that. Yeah. I'll keep that because it's there's so many things I can't keep it all in my head. <laughs> anyway. I know how many? I mean, there's how many laws that he has doc? We have documented him breaking just right. by him admitting it. But we talked about this. It is such a fine line. We came pretty darn close to insurrection, literally insurrection and a civil war in January. So this has to be nobody's ever indicted a president, former president or otherwise, even Nixon, which was also black and white. I was a child, but I remember it. So well, he got pardoned for it. Yeah. Generally. But he still he was never indicted. He was right. pardoned preemptively. So. This would, though, very interesting theory, Jamie, is that doing this in such innocuous with all the crimes that it could be right. would potentially make it easier for Fulton County to go forward. Or D.C., the Jack Smith special investigation into the Mar-a-Lago documents and the January 6th incitement, where if essentially if the New York City courts or the New York State courts manage to charge him and indict him and arraign him and he doesn't argue against it. And we don't that, go to war. And then that sets the precedent where he can be charged at the federal level. And if he tries to fight it, they're going to be like, you didn't fight it before. So why why now? This is maybe clearing the way. It's the weakest case in the criminal courts against him. But it's also the most likely to succeed at getting him to show up in court, which I think is going to be the ultimate goal. And it is terrifying. I they've already got bomb threats on the court. Sure. I get death threats and I'm like chair of the Democrats in our cute little county. But I cannot imagine the pressure, the responsibility of this. Like I, I have not weighed in publicly on any of this because from my people, rabid and panting, frothing at the mouth, wanting to see this happen, and the opposition protesting here in Brevard County about yeah. the possibility of Donald. And Ron DeSantis de threading this careful needle, saying, I'm just not going to get involved. It's purely political because... Yeah, but I think Ronnie's going to gonna extradite him. I don't think Ronnie... So Ronnie, the governor of Florida, has the right to fight extradition to another state. Which is what Randy Fine has asked Ron to do. And DeSantis has just said, I'm not going to get involved. Because that way he doesn't have to take a, take a side. But regardless, it's a scary thing. Which, which, yeah, last year he made a law saying that he could stop the extradition but for which, Trump. But then he got on Trumpy's bad side. Which is interesting, in my opinion, because the president and former presidents aren't really ever in the state of Florida's custody. So this is normally reserved for someone who's arrested by Florida law enforcement, and they can say, we want to hold him in Florida. No, right now, I think that wherever Trump goes, he's in custody of the Secret Service, and they do have a long history of working with law enforcement. Right. If Trump was handcuffed, it would probably be one of his Secret Service bodyguards under Secret Service orders as opposed to a sheriff or a state law enforcement. Speaking of handcuffs and perp walks, Trump's, this is a white collar crime. Trump is not going to be perp walked into the courthouse. The, he will get, he gets yeah. to go surrender. The, right. Like I want to see, his, and I don't care. I just, I'm about preserving our democracy. And, and like you said, he's going to walk in anyway. And I yeah. just don't care. So yeah, the way it's going to work is that when the court drops the indictment, they're going to notify Trump's lawyers who are already involved in the case and having the back and forth. So they're going to be the ones who are going to be notified of the indictment. 
And Trump is going to be essentially ordered to show up, but there's not like a strict timeline. It's not like a clock starts ticking in. He has six, six hours before people start knocking on his door. He can show up at his leisure. He can't not show up, but he's going to be showing up on his own schedule. He's going to go into the courthouse. The, the charges against him are going to be unsealed. He's going to be in process. There's going to be a mugshot. There's going to be fingerprinting, maybe a DNA swab. Which is really interesting in a couple of civil courts. Force, yeah, yeah, yeah. That he refused to drop a DNA swab for, and so he, at most, he might be handcuffed between for the walk between the in processing center and the court, where essentially he's going to be formally arraigned and plead either guilty or not guilty. There might be handcuffs at that point, but it's going to be inside the courthouse, and so it's not going to be on camera. I doubt it. We, we get a great sketch, though. Yeah, but I doubt that there's going to be then, handcuffs. Often, they if they do handcuff, they let them cover it with it. And I think that's appropriate. Yeah. I yeah. do, because here's the... This is democracy. Yeah. Proving that nobody is above the law does not mean that we need to revel. And I'm not celebrating the fact that a former president of the United States has broken so many laws. I don't think that's worth celebrating. I think it's celebrating that... I want justice. That, that our, I agree, I want justice. Mm-hmm. But I don't need to revel in it. I don't need to roll, throw it on the floor and roll in it. I just don't. You know what? I am going to throw the listeners who are tired of taking the high road. It's like we are taking the high road. He is being subjected absolutely. to the rule of law. And, and that you, is worth celebrating. And you yes. are absolutely allowed to feel really good about him getting caught and potentially perp walked. It's great. You are allowed to feel good about that. You're allowed to feel good that... And, the process while I'm also allowed aggravated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not because it's the high road or the low road. I don't think it's low that you want to celebrate that. I just don't think it's anything to celebrate. I don't think the fact that we elected a man. Oh, yeah. No, this low character is celebratory. So oh, I, well, it's I, heartbreaking to me. No, I want to celebrate that justice. No, I haven't. Works. I haven't celebrated any wins for him. This is a win for us. Yes. <laughs> this is a win for me. Yeah, I think, though, that this is going to fizzle out but this is him getting closer to the inside of a courthouse than he has previously which i think is a win i think it's clearing the path for future indictments that yeah because someone has to be the first and i guess new york has the balls to do it right and so bragg is going to make his career as the first da to ever indict and charge a previous u.s president i'm glad we got rid of those elephants I wish we could really get rid of the second elephant. The first one, I think, could stick around a little while. But the second one, I'd be happy to just get rid of. The second one, I just want to see in a big suit of orange. Although the elephant we didn't talk about because it was so quiet was the elephant in the U.S. Senate. Because the Senate has been largely quiet and well-behaved because McConnell has been either in the hospital or at home. I think McConnell realizes that... The game that he played has led us to a really dangerous turning point for, I keep saying it, for democracy. Like this is, and I don't think he wants that. I think, I don't know. And he is definitely not in Trump's court. Yes, but he is on the list best described by Mark Twain when he said, I don't wish death upon any other man, but I have read obituaries with great joy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. So elephants are done at the federal and global level because now we need to zoom in a little bit. If we're going to come a little local, and actually it all ties together, 
It's our, big here because it's closer. Our favorite flunky, our favorite disaster with legs is Randy Fine. Our favorite set of political chins. And and I could just start by one of the things that he has done. So he for background, he held a fundraiser and his pack booked the zoo's lodge for his fundraiser. And and the gay community in particular was outraged because of the hate speech that he has used. Honestly, they were more outraged with the hate speech he's used about Jennifer Jenkins. So they, uh, I, I know people that who are on the board and they went to the board and they said, this guy's a terrible human being. And they said, oh, I don't know what we can do. We can't really do anything about it. So they have to host anybody that books their space. And I personally, like I did not participate in the protest in front of the zoo. I didn't encourage the protest in front of the zoo. I love the zoo. I wrote a, a letter to the editor about loving the zoo. Just did not participate or create that. Uh, there was a protest in front of the zoo about that fundraiser. Right. And the zoo responded, which I actually think was a very appropriate response. They said they're going to wait through the elect. They, they actually didn't make a decision. The president of the board of the directors of the zoo said he's going to go to the board of directors and ask them to consider, like nothing is nailed in stone, consider a policy of not renting to political, which honestly, they're a 501c3. They really shouldn't be renting to right. political organizations at all. But they would go through the 2024 election cycle, which I think is more than generous, more yeah. than fair, not yes. a knee-jerk response. And then they would. Be, and I was going to tell you right now, the zoo is not fans of Randy Fine and his politics. So that was their suggestion. And I got a call about it. And I'm like, cool. I think that's totally fair. I love this. I love our zoo because it's the one place left in our county that I could be standing next to somebody wearing a MAGA hat and we wouldn't have a fight because we're too busy looking at the drafts. It's the one place that's not political anymore. And I love our zoo. So Randy had made posts alluding that it was going to be at the zoo. He heard that this backlash was happening. So then he started making his posts saying the zoo is hosting it as if they were actually contributing to his. Now, here's the thing. Had they been contributing to his campaign, they would have had to make it a donation in kind it's a legal thing you have to do, which would have violated their 51C3 status and right. put the whole zoo at jeopardy. So they asked him to change that wording. So not only did he not change that wording, he withdrew a $2 million funding request for the zoo's aquarium. Now, our zoo, if you're not local to Brevard County, it's one of the, I don't love zoos, but I love the Brevard Zoo because it's about rescuing animals that are local to our area and not even just local, but if you go to our zoo, the only animals in our zoo are animals that are acclimated to our climate. You won't find a Siberian tiger at the Brevard County No zoo. polar bears. No polar bears. You will find them at other zoos in Florida. And the aquarium was about rescuing sea animals. And he pulled $2 million in funding for the Brevard Zoo aquarium. If you're listening to this, I think you should make it, and you're, you've got the means, donate to either Brevard Democrats or donate to your zoo. $2 million in funding, purely petty partisan politics. And the county commission, because the county commission gives a lot of grant money that the zoo can apply for. John Tobiah acted, I'm sure, on orders of Randy Fine and said that, that if the zoo goes forward with that proposal, which won't be until November 2024, that they will not be eligible to be considered for any grant money in our local county. It's just, and, and so then that was just one of it. Randy wasn't done. Yeah. Yeah. We covered that. Then he went after the city of Palm Bay. He went after the city of Palm Bay because they were criticizing him. He, so there was a Palm Bay commissioner who had a DUI and it was caught on tape. No. 
had three DUIs. Oh, he had, uh, yeah. Three DUIs and felony possession of cocaine. Yeah. And so. And he was endorsed by. Randy Fine. Randy Fine. And Randy Fine was pressuring him not to resign. Until essentially there was something about his replacement. There was a time where I think if he stuck it out long enough, then either it would be nominated or wouldn't. I don't know. There's weirdness. But anyway, Palm Bay essentially pressured what's his name to resign before Randy's timeline. Peter Filiberto. Yeah, Filiberto. And he and Randy Fine took umbrage at that. And actually... It was different. So it was you're there at the city council meeting because Randy Fine actually the day of the city council meeting changed his tune and said he's now encouraging Peter Filiberto to resign. But it was too late because Kenny Johnson had a presentation prepared for the city of Palm Bay talking about all of the things that Randy Fine has done to him and saying this man has created an atmosphere where this kind of thing happens. He endorsed Peter Filiberto. He supported Peter Filiberto. I've never seen, Kenny doesn't get mad, but he had, and it was a perfect presentation. He had a photo of Randy Fine with his arm around Filiberto. I went on to list all of that. And I remember Mayor Medina defended Randy Fine and said, he's done a lot for our city. I came home and emailed the mayor and I said, that's called doing his job. Yeah. You don't have to kiss his ring because he did his job. Randy got mad. And pulled $2.3 million for the design and engineering for the four-lane widening of the St. John's Heritage Parkway. $2.3 million for the widening of St. John's Heritage Parkway. Now, if y'all don't know what that, that's a huge project that's been going on in Palm Bay to make, if you ever traveled in Palm Bay, the traffic is a disaster because it's so residential and everybody has to get out there to work. So if you drive, Randy Fine just made your life worse. Right. $2.1 $2.1 million septic to sewer conversions for 100 city residents. That's making all of our lives worse because we all understand the reason to do that is to support our lagoon, which he says he's all about the lagoon. And he just pulled $2.1 million to make protecting our lagoon possible. I just got to say that's really shitty of him. Yeah, he's going to be here all day, folks. <laughs> yep. All week. Try the lasagna. <laughs> $1.25 million for Palm Bay Police Department multipurpose training facility, which will, of course, make Palm Bay less safe. And $479,831 pulled from the Palm Bay Fire and Rescue. Yep. What this I hear is, is he hates police and yeah. fire department. That's that looks like to me. Uh, hey, Randy Fine finally made something thinner. The thin blue line. <laughs> the thin blue line. I like it. So Kenny's pushing back. Um, Councilman Kenny Johnson's comments, his statement is last night, I needed to bring to light the recent events and unethical behavior of state misrepresentative Randy Fine, who is once again using his position with malicious intent, this time withdrawing appropriation funding. Pombe is seeking from the state for projects that he had already agreed to. So any of the state legislators could have presented these proposals. Right. Randy had said he would, and he held on to it until it was too late. There's a bylaws in the state house rules that were that that require there's a deadline that beyond which only the sponsor can promote it and he'd already had it on the table which meant nobody else would and then past that deadline he withdrew all of that so millions of dollars that he and he's always bragging about all the good he does for brevard county this is not just not doing good this is literally going to hurt our county yeah our brevard county commuters brevard county people who enjoy the lagoon Brevard County Police, because I'm sure that there's a lot of cross-training that happens. If, if there's a training facility in a state, oftentimes the sheriff may book time or other police departments may book time. So this doesn't just impact Palm Bay. This imp- impacts all of our cops. Yeah, especially because Palm, Palm Bay is also the largest city in Brevard County. Right. So this funding, and 
this is not a new thing. Remember last spring, he threatened to withhold Special Olympics funding and half a million dollars in flood mitigation spent funding for the city of West Melbourne because they invited a school board member to participate in a, let me check my notes, a fundraiser for Special Olympics. So that's what's going on here. One of the things that's going on with Randy, but moving that to a state level, he's already a freaking disaster and running for state Senate because he hasn't wreaked enough damage into our community yet. While this is happening, he is personally promoting a bill that will prohibit, as he calls it, gender butchering of our children. Honestly, if you read the bill, it means you can't even have a circumcision. But this is what else is happening. And Randy's just, he is probably the most grotesque figure in our state legislature. Not just physically. (laughs) Correct. But this is what's happening in our state legislature now. And let's start with the fact that these are all Republican bills. I grew up in a Republican household, the Republican Party of less government and free market. Let me just give you a few. B-300 and SB means it's a Senate proposed bill. Right now it's in the state Senate. Six-week abortion ban, SB-80, ban of same-sex marriage. Y'all might have missed that. Like literally the wording of the bill is that if somebody has a same-sex marriage that was performed anywhere outside of the state of Florida... They will not be recognized as such it's, in the state of Florida. They want, that's a law that they're trying to send up to the Supreme Court then. By doing this, do you know how many employers that will leave the state? Do you know how many defense contractors yeah. have huge same-sex? That's a huge part of their draw to their engineers. This will hurt our economy. And it's so much more than just a culture war issue. They're fighting a culture war. But this is the end of result of it. JR94, make school board races partisan because we need more partisan divide in the state. They want to exempt the Department of Health from public records requests, ban vaccine requirements of all sorts, revise the term machine gun to lift bans on specified semi and fully automatic weapons, exempt all current. This is interesting. You have to really think about this one. Exempt all current and former service members and their families from public records requests. That would exempt Ron DeSantis mm. from public records requests. Uh, that That's some bootlicking right there. Yeah, banning you do pride now? flags from flying at government buildings. Recognition and allowing your homeowners association to ban them in your homeowners association. Recognition of Taiwan as independent from China. Protecting cops from disciplinary action. Removes journalism shield laws and makes it easier to sue the press. Makes the presumption that statements by anonymous sources are false. HB 10969 defines sex as binary. Teaches that sex is determined by biology and reproductive function at birth. Requires schools to get state approval for materials about sex education, STDs, etc. Teach abstinence from sexual activity outside of marriage as the expected standard. And I should stop on that because that's already the standard of the state of Florida. We are an abstinence plus state, Mm. which means... Sex education has to include abstinence. In the state of Brevard, that's all it does. In the county of Brevard, that's all it does. Other counties can have more sexual education if they want. Ours doesn't. But the reality is... I got the the condom in Brevard County. Sex is not binary. That's just simply factually untrue. If you look up the definition of the word gender, it basically says it's a construct. Same law would ban a larger group of books and instructional materials, including anything the state determines is inappropriate for the grade level and age group for which the material is used. They're also talking about expanding the don't say gay bill through 12th grade. 
HB3 allows the state to investigate, fine, and sue any company that makes decisions with social, political, or ideological interest in mind. That's the anti-Disney bill. Banning open primaries and nonpartisan elections. Banning nonpartisan elections, like our city elections. And banning open primaries, that's a huge overstep because that's a party's choice. Yeah. The party, the Democratic Party could choose an open primary tomorrow if we wanted to. We, I would love that. I would not. Oh, we absolutely should. And the reality is that by not doing it, we're leaving our nomination process to the far extremes on both sides of that conversation and then expecting people to support them. And we wonder why we're so divided as we are. But they want to take it open primary to where we can define that open primary however we want. Sorry. Going back to the bill that's targeting Disney, I thought that they had complete control over Disney because they put five people in a room with oversight over the color of Disney's fire trucks. Now you can sue a company. They eliminate tenure at public universities. Honestly, if you have Florida prepaid, I would consider stopping that because I don't think that's a good investment of your money anymore. It gets worse. They can ban testing, masks, and vaccination requirements for COVID-19, require hospitals banning testing, masks, and vaccination requirements for COVID-19, require hospitals to provide unproven and even dangerous alternative treatments, require the hospital to do that, exempt Department of Health from public records requests. I'm saving the best for last. Provides immunity to long-term care facilities and nursing homes from civil suits. So if granny gets beat up and dies, you can't sue that nursing home. They're going to lower the legal age to purchase a firearm from 21 back down to 18. It was raised to 21 in response to Parkland. Didn't Ronnie raise it? Oh, yeah, because Parkland was, yeah, yeah. But now they're going to move it back to 18. Oh, this is a doozy. HB 775 and HB 1301 grants time sharing and custody of children to rapists. So your rapist can sue you for custody. It's even better. Your rapist can also sue you if you choose to have what is still a legal abortion. Even if the six-week abortion ban happens, you can have an abortion, I think, for rape. Now, if you choose that, your rapist can sue you for damages. The anti-trans bill, HB 1421, prohibits treatment, prohibits changing gender on birth certificate, bans health insurance coverage for gender clinic interventions. There's the bathroom bill allows the HB 1423 allows the state to fine, suspend or revoke the license of any public entity that hosts drag shows. And by the way, if you don't, they're going to make one up. This one is my absolute. Here's the best. And by best, worst, absolute worst. HB 1539 would designate filming police or being witness to law enforcement activity as. Quote, interrupting disrupting, impeding, provoking, and directly or indirectly harassing police as a criminal offense. So if you're filming somebody who's beating the crap out of somebody, I don't know, like George Floyd, you would then be, this is the next part of that. If you are determined to have provoked a physical response from the law enforcement officer, for example, you're filming him killing somebody and he punches you, You can be charged with a second-degree misdemeanor for causing him to punch you. And in Florida, three strikes, three three misdemeanors, you got a felony. Right. So that's just like mind-blowing. Here's the hopeful part. I have this, an article about Ron DeSantis and Florida loves him. But maybe not the rest. No of the one else. Does. No one else. And does. I'll tell you, I God. traveled and I traveled in Europe last week, and I met a ton of Americans. Met one 
who likes Ron DeSantis and he doesn't live in Florida. He doesn't know how bad he is, but it is he, a former speechwriter for George Bush described DeSantis approach to his governing as tough on drag queens, weak on national security. Right. Do you know what he said about the war on Ukraine? Yeah. Yeah. That it was a territorial dispute. It's a territorial dispute. It was, and, uh, can we look into how much money Putin is funneling into him? Oh, lots, probably. Jeez. You could look into it all you want, but he's exempt from public records. So yeah. It won't really matter. Yeah. but Marco Rubio is opposing Ron DeSantis right now. Yeah. So yeah. it's funny because his opponents right now are using rowdy spring break videos to show how Florida is a lawless wasteland. <laughs> so, well, and when he talks about... Obviously, people love what I'm doing because they all keep moving here. Honestly, there have been less people moving here mm. than in the few years before Ron DeSantis was our governor. And people have been moving here since air conditioning was invented. Trump was right about that. Yeah. But I will say that's why it's so important to off the subject. But when Democrats are always like, why should I contact my elected official? They're not going to because they're not Brevard County. They're not going to vote the way you want. But you must contact them because just like Ron can say, obviously, everybody loves me. And he's. The reality is we are, as people keep leaving our state, we are leaving a Florida that loves him. But when we contact our elected, it's a public record. I like email because it's a public record that you've got a copy of as well. I actually normally, when I elect, when I contact an elected official, I then immediately do a public records request of my contact. That way they know I'm on this. And by doing that, they cannot say, if enough people contact them, if the majority of voters call, I don't know, Tyler Saroyce and say, Tyler, we are opposed to what Randy Fine has done to Brevard County. I don't know if the majority of voters did that. He's still not going to do anything about it, but he can no longer say the majority of people support this. Yeah, he can say it. He's a Republican. But it wouldn't be true. They lie, take, yeah, but yeah. They lie and get away with it every day. Yeah. <laughs> we lie about stuff, too. But regardless, yeah. it could be demonstrably proven to be untrue. But isn't Ron DeSantis also in this legislative session trying to push back the sunshine laws? That's why they're trying to make like, that former or serving military and their families would be exempt from public records requests. But they are also talking about public records requests for the government as well. You mean all branches of government, but that is government. Like Ron DeSantis himself is a former military, mm -hmm. so it would exempt anybody they want to exempt. And I don't think they can, they're not officially trying to do the, this. They're just trying to go through courts and say they're exempt from them. Because they like them when it serves their purposes. Let's just start with that. Oh, yeah. They like everything when it serves their purposes. Yep, yep. All um, right. So what do we got going on that's good? You're listening to this on Friday, so it's too late for you to attend our Democratic Executive Committee meeting and hear from Anna Eskamani about our legislative, but I just gave you the highlights, which are lowlights. What's happening that's good? We have some really exciting candidates running for office. We just did a candidate training, and a lot of people came out that we don't know, that we didn't know before, so that's exciting. We are going to be... There's free ice cream coming up. I do know that. Free ice cream coming up? With Foundation 451 and Ben and Jerry's. When is that? I think it's April 3rd. So we are going to be... The local Democratic Executive Committee will be electing a new state committee man and woman. Sadly, our state committee men and women, Sanjay and Stacey Patel, are joining the exodus from our state. And they will be electing new representation for us at the state level. And in May, we'll be potentially in May, we'll be meeting as a state party to discuss how we do business. And so we'll have new state committee people doing that. That's exciting. If you're interested in that, you need to be an elected member of the Democratic Executive Committee, which requires attendance at our meetings and it requires your supporting of Democrats, basically. 
So there's that. And then we're just working forward on a lot of other elections. Right now, we're continuing to contact Democrats who voted in 2022 to let them know the Republicans want to make it harder for them to vote and get their mail ballots back in their hands and thank them for voting. And we really need your help with that. My vision, my dream, a girl can dream, can't she, (laughs) is that we have a precinct organizer in every single precinct in the county. And we don't right now. Not, I'd like to have more than one. We can max out it in some precincts six and some precincts two, depending on the number of registered Democrats. But that's my dream. And the reality is we're going to have a presidential election next year. And there's a lot on the line, you guys. Honestly, it comes down to the matter of whether we're still a democracy or not. And so we obviously, Brevard County is not probably, I'm going to say, unless the miracle happens, not going to vote for a Democratic presidential candidate. But we trimmed the margins. In 2020, Brevard County swung further blue than all but two counties in the state. We can do that again. They need us to do that again. And so to do that, we're going to need to be able to turn on the light and have people talking to voters. Voters are burned out. They don't want to hear from us just they hear from us when we want their vote and when we want their money. They need to hear from us year round doing service for them, like getting their mail ballots in their hands and just talking to them. And that's going to require starting. Mm-hmm. We can no longer wait until August before a presidential election to start talking to our neighbors. We need to start doing it now. So if you're listening to this, please reach out to me at hello at brevarddems.org and see what you can do. I know if you're If you're willing to do something uncomfortable and talk to your neighbors that are Democrats, I promise you I'm going to have your back. I'm going to train you and equip you and prepare you with everything. And if that's not where you are yet, we can build for that and find some other ways for you to be of value. And of course, as always, donating to the party. Elections are expensive. I hate this part. It's like every other podcast I listen to is always asking for money. We don't do that as a podcast, but I'm doing it as a party. Yeah, yeah. So donations, especially if we are still looking at the First Amendment lawsuit and there's a lot of other things going on with that. So donations are greatly appreciated. All right. Yep. Oh, and tomorrow, because this is Friday, right? Yep. Tomorrow, Saturday, March 20, blah, blah, blah. 25th, because it's my son's third birthday. Ah, tomorrow, March 25th, I will be presenting at a conference on how to shift a county blue. It's featuring some people from Colorado that did exactly that. I'm presenting on winning municipal elections because, as you all know, we have a lot of municipal seats in Brevard County that are held by Democrats, which is why the Republicans are so angry about having nonpartisan elections. Nice. All right. And as a final poke, email us at pushheadpod at gmail.com. Just email us and say, hi, (laughs) email us. I've missed you guys. And thank you all for what you do. Bye. If you got something out of this and know of anybody who cares about what we're saying here, please share. Word of mouth is everything in the grassroots game. If we're awesome, tell a friend. If we're not, tell us how to get better. This has been another episode of the Push Ahead podcast. Please reach out to us via Twitter at push underscore ahead or subscribe to our podcast in your podcatcher of choice. You can find relevant links to the stories that we're talking about in our liner notes on our website at pushaheadpod.com. The music is Super String Theory by Lobo Loco.